Good morning and welcome to the podcast for Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is for May 3rd, 2020, and my name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and I'm glad you're joining us. The couple announcements that I have for you are, first, this is a communion service, so please gather the elements, the bread and the juice, before you continue to listen. And then next week, we will be celebrating Mother's Day, and we'll also have the privilege and the honor of hearing from our own Reverend Sharon Jagerlander. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Let us worship the Lord.
Good morning, PCC. Today's message, I'm going to be quoting some popular phrases from some pretty famous characters and one real person. After I say the phrase, you have to do one thing to show me you know the answer, and it's not raise your hand. Although I won't be able to hear you, I still want you to help me in participating. So when you think you know the answer, I need you to say, bah, like a sheep. Can you do that for me? Okay, are you ready? To infinity and beyond. Who says that? Uh-huh. Some people are worth melting for. Can you guess who said that? How about, just keep swimming? Or, me want a cookie? This one might be a little bit harder. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. So, was it easy or hard to guess who said each of these? How could you be certain of who said each phrase? You had to be pretty familiar with the movie and character to match their saying with the person saying it. If you had never seen the movie Finding Nemo, you may not know that Dory says, just keep swimming. But if you've seen Frozen like a hundred times like I have, you could guess Olaf really easily. The more you know the movie and character, the better you know their voice. I have one more for you. Who said this? Love each other as I have loved you. Now, who do you think said that? Remember to bah when you think you know who it is. That's right. Jesus. Jesus is not a cartoon character. He is the good shepherd who takes care of us. Jesus says that his sheep know his voice and follow him. Join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you that you help us hear and know Jesus' voice. We want to follow you today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Holy and merciful God, we come before you today with a contrite heart and a spirit of repentance. Our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive us. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past, O Lord, that we cannot change. Open us to a future which can be different and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor penalized us according to our iniquities. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his forgiveness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Be at peace and know that you are forgiven. Come on. 
let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Last time. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. This Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. As I mentioned in our last podcast, For the next several weeks, we will be studying the Acts of the Apostles. You could also call this book of the Bible Luke, Part 2. Some theologians have called it Acts of the Holy Spirit. John Stott says if we're reading these first two verses, we should call it the continuing words and deeds of Jesus by his spirit through his apostles. It's a little wordy, but on the nose. We are about to study the continuing words and deeds of Jesus by his spirit through his apostles. A little bit about our author, Luke. In his first book, we find out um, he's investigated everything carefully. He has done his homework. This is an orderly account. He's a historian. And he writes this all so that we may know the truth. He's an evangelist. He's a philosopher and an apologist. F.F. Bruce says he's the pioneer among Christian apologists. We find out from Paul in his letter to Colossae that he's a doctor. That's in Colossians 4.14. And before we get to our text, I like it's a good idea to pause and praise God for the Luke types in our lives. Those know-it-alls. Those people that do their homework. Um, I remember I was at Biola University and I was taking an intro to the New Testament class and it was taught by Walt Russell. And it was a larger class, maybe consisting of 80, 80 to 100 people in the class, and it was in this auditorium. And every once in a while, he would say, there's a quiz, a pop quiz. And everybody would tighten up and get really nervous. But then he'd say, the good news is, the gospel is, that we're going to pick the smartest person, the most prepared person in this room to take the quiz on all of our behalves. And so somebody smart would stand up 
and who had done their homework and that was in the zone. And as they got each question right, the, the applause would erupt. Luke was one of these type students. A man that knew what was required of him and who was diligently seeking to tell the full, complete, historically accurate story of Jesus the Christ in the beginning of his followers that is soon labeled the church. Open with me to Acts chapter 1, and we'll be reading the first five verses. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. This is the word of the Lord. Please respond with thanks be to God. These first three verses uh, tell us who the book is written to and what this book is about. First, who is it to? Theophilus. I think Theophilus was actually a person. Most commentators say that this was a common name. So it was to a specific person, a guy named Theophilus. But if you look closely at the name, Theos, God, Phileo, love. It's actually where we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, from. So this is to anyone who knows that they are loved by God. In short, this book is for you. Both volumes one and two were written for you and I. What's this book about? These three verses say, this book is about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And this truth, this life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, how it goes into the world post his ascension. That's what the second volume is about. That's what we're studying this morning. How Jesus interacts with the world now. This book is also about the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Daytimers, our men's Bible study, have been inching their way along 
in the study of this book, the Acts of the Apostles. And what has amazed me most about going through this text with these men is how often the Holy Spirit is pointed out by our author, Luke. Lloyd Ogilvie says, We have been instructed in the things, we, the church, have been instructed in the things Jesus did, but know too little of what he continues to do as indwelling spirit and engendering power. Lloyd's basically saying, we as Christians, we've gotten overeducated about the life and ministry of Jesus. We know plenty about that, but we we don't know how to recognize the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and how she weaves her way into our lives. We need to recognize. We need to recognize when we see, when we hear, when we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Then, in verses 4 and 5, we get our marching orders and reminders for the apostles. First, the marching orders. Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait. Wait. Now you can insert my first sermon series right here. Remember when I first started? My first sermon series out of the gate was Let's Be Still. And I tell you, I tell you that it's still true. I said it then and I'll say it now. It is hard for us to wait. It's hard for them to wait. Put yourselves in the apostles' feet. They've just, re- they've just witnessed their Lord conquer the grave. And they're probably sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for something else explosively amazing to happen. And Jesus says, nope, plant your feet. Stay close to Jerusalem. And I think there's an implied huddle together because he's speaking to these these 11 apostles. He's saying, you sit tight and wait. Wait for the Spirit to show up. Wait for your engine. Wait for the power. Wait for the presence before you do anything else. And then Jesus gives them reminders. He says, be strengthened by the truth of what I was just talking about, by the whole gospel of Luke, by those first three verses that Jesus, he lived, he was crucified, and he was risen again. And he adds, by the way, my father promised that the Spirit would come. And I think he kind of implies, and my father promised that I would do all of what I've just done. I don't know if any of you are athletes, but you practice for hours for games that sometimes you're only put in there for a few minutes. Um, But 
one of the most commonly used phrases of a coach is do, do what you did in practice. Let's see what you did in practice. Let's see what you've practiced and put it into, put it into action now. Jesus is basically saying, put what you practiced into action. This is what the whole First Testament was about. This was when they, when they said that God would come in the form of the Holy Spirit and drop upon the earth. That They were talking about this day that's going to happen actually like 10 days from now. Father promised, and he reminded you several times, that the Spirit was going to come. A reminder. And also, John the Baptist, this is what he was all about. Do you remember him? He's, Jesus is like, hey, do you remember that guy a couple years ago? A guy, giant guy named John the Baptist? He said, hey, I baptize with water, but the one after me, ding, 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 Jesus being the, the one after him, is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. How do we apply this? How do we apply these five short but powerful verses? Malia read the other day that this past Easter uh, was more like any Easter since the original Easter. Um, I'd like to spin what she read and say that this Easter, this Ascension time, which is coming up on May 21st, and Pentecost, May 31st, is the most like the first one than any other before. We are being called to stay put. There's a confusion hanging in the air as to how to move forward. Our application this morning is listen to Luke's purpose for writing this book and Jesus' instructions to the apostles in light of this pandemic we're living through. First, the acts of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit, the the continuing words and deeds of Jesus by his spirit through his apostles is true. This is history. This is our history. This is what we cling to as our origin story. We're about to break bread in a few moments with one another over this very truth. Jesus Christ, he lived and he died and he was resurrected and is alive and well. Be strengthened by this truth today. Be strengthened by Jesus Christ himself today. Huddle together, whether by phone, Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, letter, email, Morse code. Anyway, if you got a a honing pigeon, one of those pigeon things, use that. Huddle together and draw strengths from one another's. Fight together. Be reminded today that the Father has promised the Spirit. 
John the Baptist, he baptized with water, saying that Jesus Christ would come after him and baptize with the Holy Spirit. Wait. Be still. Slow down. Let the truth that the Holy Spirit is alive and here with us today wash over you. Recognize that the Holy Spirit is wanting to empower each of us individually and collectively. Guiding and directing whoever welcomes her to do so. Let's commit or recommit right here, right now to celebrate and look for, recognize the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Come fall afresh upon us. Comfort, heal, and make us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue in worship, I'd like to check in with you once again about how we're doing financially. Offerings are down, but the good news is that we got approved for a payroll protection program forgivable loan. Several weeks ago, I mentioned that we were applying for this loan. This is a loan that is forgivable, uh, completely forgivable at the end of three months that is designed by the federal government to help out small businesses and churches like ourselves. Um, We got approved. We have a PPP loan. And so um, I'd like to pause and thank Judy M. and Amy and the Finance Committee for their extra work that they put in, for putting in the application and, um, and all the paperwork. And then I'd also like to praise God that we live in a country that our federal government offered us assistance. And uh, we're, we're to be grateful. And God is so good. Amen? Amen. Now, God's tithes and our offerings are received. Please send your gifts to P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628.
As we approach the table, I would like to remind us of who is qualified to take communion. This table is for anyone who recognizes that they have a need for God's forgiveness, which is only found in Jesus the Christ. One could say that there is one requirement for this table. Brokenness. Need. Humility. Maybe it's best to say who is this table is not for. If you have all the answers and need none of God's forgiveness, this table is not for you. If you are perfect in every way, keep on walking because this table is not for you. This table is for recovering sinners who recognize that they need forgiveness and equipping by and through the Holy Spirit. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, we come to you as broken and needy servants of yours. I pray that you would search our heart, see if there be any wicked way within us, and make us clean yet again as we approach your table. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, we take this bread and this cup from the gifts you have given us and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus the Christ. Accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, as a living and holy offering of ourselves, that our lives may proclaim the one crucified and risen. And all God's people said, Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered around the table with his 12 disciples. And he said this, This, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat. I'll give you a little time to find your element of bread. Take, eat. The body of Christ broken for you. As we prepare to serve the cup, I ask that you take your cup and hold it until such time when we will all drink together in community. In the same way, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Remembering God's boundless love revealed to us in Jesus Christ, we break bread and share the cup, giving ourselves to him to live for him in joy and praise. Take and drink, remembering the great mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. 
This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Gracious God, we give you thanks that by the witness of your word and the sharing of this meal, you have opened our hearts and eyes to the presence of Christ among us. Now send us forth from this place by the power of your spirit to tell the good news to the world. Amen. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen.